How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Chrome. Mike, how are you? Doing well, my friend. How about yourself, Paul? I'm doing well, man. I, you know, just trying to put up with teammates being late, but other than that, it's a good day, my friend. I was not late. I got here before <laughs> six. I cut it close. I was like the bus was pulling out, like the bus left without me for a second, but I but I jumped in front of it. I made it in time. Now, Mike, I'm I'm just busting your chops, but I know you're uh you're out there, you're work you're working hard, man, putting in that work. So I'd rather you be fresh and clean for the pod than than sweaty looking like you you've had a day. If I got into just today, we it'd be like 30 minutes before we got to 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 our friend here. So I'll let it I'll let it pass to him, the guest. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Well, Mike, before we introduce our guest tonight, remind the people they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Again, guys, here we are with season three of our series, Cowboys Beef, a series where Mike and I bring on fans of the Cowboys to discuss what it's like being a Cowboys fan, season expectations, and everything in between. Our guest tonight is staff writer for Inside the Star, co-host of Talking Boys with the Boys podcast, and is fluid in gifts. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mario Herrera Jr. to the show. Mario, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. I'm alive, I'm healthy, and the Cowboys are good. Hey, all good things, man. All good things, Mario. Well, where can we find you on Twitter, sir? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, if you want to just look up my username, it's uh, at underscore CX Mario. Um, but you could also find me... Uh, Sometimes around around uh, Eagles Twitter with all the salty Eagles fans, you know they they really don't like to hear facts. Yeah, I hear that, Mario. I, I stopped engaging with Eagles fans quite some time ago, but it's fun to kick that Eagles nest every now and again. <laughs> I try to be. Cool I let them. Uh, I don't usually engage either. I just uh, I, I like I like to drop drop a tweet with some facts on there, mostly how Dak is better than Hertz. And then I just let them have that in the comments. <laughs> let them fight themselves, right? Yep. I know you, I'm curious before we get started with our discussion, you recently had that article um, about the Amari and, and that game in 2018 when that comeback that went into overtime. What, what was there? Did you get a lot of Eagles feedback on that? Uh, actually, no. Um, I was surprised. It was, it was just a lot of Cowboys fans who they enjoyed reminiscing that game as much as I did. And, and, um, you know, this this offense, I, I believe, especially last year, it missed Amari Cooper and it showed, you know, oh, it might man. not show during the regular season, but it it showed in the playoffs. So uh, it was good to go back and see just how dominant he was, especially uh, the second half of the season of uh, 2018 when we first acquired him. Absolutely. That, that could have been a Super Bowl losing mistake. Now, it looks it looks good now because Lamb came up and we got cooks and everything. But you can't convince me that Amari Cooper's on that team that they wouldn't have had a better chance of scoring 20 points on San Francisco. And then you never know what happens. Division game, you know, we Dak Prescott's beat Eagles how many times? Maybe they beat us without Pollard. Maybe they don't. But, I mean, we could have been in the Super Bowl if that team has Amari Cooper, honestly. I believe that. Yeah. That's that, true. Yeah, I won't, I won't argue with you there, Mike. So let's go ahead and uh, get after it, boys. Mario, I'm curious, how long have you been a Cowboys fan? 
Uh, well, it's easy to say, you know, as long as I can remember, because it really is yeah. as long as I can remember. But uh, I actually sat down one day to try to figure that out. And I thought about the the oldest memory that I have of Cowboys football. And it was actually a memory where I'm sitting on the couch with my dad and we're watching the Cowboys play the Oilers in a preseason game. So I went back and I checked all the preseason games throughout all the years. And uh, that one actually ended up being 1991. So I can say I've been a Cowboys fan since 91. That's amazing. Cool. I think, I think I'm the same year. I think 91, I, I was, I followed Jimmy Johnson. I was a big fan of Jimmy Johnson. And I followed ah. him to the Cowboys. And I think, I think it was 90, 91. Right around there. Yep. It's crazy. So you have a long, uh, you have, you have, Super Bowl winning teams in your history. So you know that and everything. Who's your favorite, all-time favorite Cowboys player? For me, you know, a lot of people say, you know, Emmett, Irvin, Aikman. Um, my favorite Cowboys player all-time actually is Darren Woodson. Um, oh, that's a great one, man. I really like what he brought to the game. Uh, I actually wrote an article about this a couple weeks ago about how, what a travesty it is that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, amen. Uh, especially over other safeties like uh, name, you know, Leroy Butler, John, John Lynch. Um, there was one more that I was like, he could have been in over this guy, but you know, it's it's he was the basically the first uh, safety in the NFL to cover slot wide receivers. He was covering Jerry Rice in the slot, Tim Brown, Herman Moore, you know, and he was shutting them down. So he, he really changed the game, uh, you know, coming out of Arizona State, of course, is, is an undersized linebacker and moving to safety in the NFL. Um, so he, he really did a lot for the game. And uh, I, I think he's really underappreciated, uh, even by some Cowboys fans. Dude, if you took J. Ron Curse, Hooker, and Wilson, and you mixed them into one player, it's Darren oh. Woodson. He did, he did all of them. He was the first hybrid linebacker safety, played wide receivers in the slot, played the deep middle. It's a travesty he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. And he still played special teams most of the time. Almost 100% snaps, Darren Woodson. Yep. 100%. I wonder how much longer he could have played if it wasn't for that back injury. Oh, man. He's just He was so good. He was so unique. I love him. Great answer there, Mario. Well, you know, moving uh, fast forwarding to today, who's your who's your current favorite Cowboys player? Uh, for me, it's the guy that you can see me defending on Twitter almost every single day, and and that's that's Dak Prescott, man. Love it. Uh, he's just he's such a such a good leader, um, not only on the field but off the field as well. Um, I admire his story. You know, from he wasn't highly recruited out of college. He won the starting job in Mississippi State. He had them at number one in the nation for a few weeks. He got that yeah. big win over LSU, um, you know, and then moving on, you know, once he got drafted, you know, being thrust into the starting role with the injuries to Romo and, and to Kellen Moore um, and being successful right off the bat, you know, they, you can't forget 2016 and, and that narrow loss with a boneheaded play from Terrence Williams running their bounds to give Bailey a chance for the field goal. You know, the team rattled off 11 straight wins after that. He was, he was a big part of that, you know. So, you know, and, he, you know, he lost his mother. He lost his brother and, and you know, just still managed, 
managing to to shuck that underdog, you know, status, and and it, now he's going into his eighth year as a starting quarterback on the most prolific franchise in sports. You gotta love the guy. I, I love you so much. Sorry, sorry, Paul. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I don't know how people can dislike Dak Prescott. It's it's insane to me. He's done so much. One, there's a good portion that just doesn't like him because of the color of his skin. Unfortunately, that's a thing, yep. you know. And but mm-hmm. the way people, you know, like last year, perfect example. The guy went in with a with one of the a bottom third of the uh, uh, league pass blocking offensive line and Ceedee Lamb as a weapon because their offensive play caller wouldn't use the running back. I don't hate Kellen Moore, by the way. I think he's a good OC. But that was one weakness of his is he would not use the running back in the in the passing game. And he still had a number one offense almost every week that he played from injury. And then when they got beat by a squatted up San Francisco team that happened to find a really good quarterback that nobody knew, but he played really well on this team, everybody's like, oh, yeah, see, Dak sucks. And I'm like, bro, come, come on. Look at the two teams. They, they had Ayuk and Kittle and – and Debo and Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey and we were running out there with Ceedee Lamb and and then Pollard got hurt. Like, what do you want the guy to do? Sorry. Yeah, that's I'm, such a lazy take. You know, you know, I, I'm all I'm all for a good debate with people when they want to discuss, you know, how good or how bad Dak Prescott is. But I don't engage with the people that their first answer is, "Well, he's trash" or. He sucks. Oh, like, you know what, man? Yeah. You can go argue with some other un- uneducated football person, not with me. Yeah. yeah. I agree. That's an instant mute button. So uh, we're on Dax. That's a perfect segue to the next question. Is this the best offseason the Cowboys have put together in the Dak era? I would say yes. Um, it feels like this season they're finally really doing their best to put the best pieces around him to help him succeed. And not just throwing everything on his shoulders. Um, it's not just about what they've given him on offense either. You know, after adding Brandon Cooks, um, it was an aggressive move based on what we've seen from them in the past. And that aggressiveness was applied to both sides of the ball by adding Gilmore as well. So making the defense even stronger is a move that I think a lot of people overlook. You know, that when you make a strength stronger and you're still able to add a couple pieces, uh, you know, on offense for your quarterback, that's going to spell good things. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. Well, looking at, you know, the offseason that they had, some they had some, some I shouldn't say major, but losing a fan favorite in Ezekiel Elliott. And then, of course, losing offensive-minded uh, Kellen Moore, you know, who had a, who was a big part of having a top three offense the last three seasons. Should we, we, should we be worried about the Cow- Cowboys offense in 2023? I don't think so. And, and I think that, the telltale sign of that is just the fact that McCarthy and uh, Schottenheimer are keeping most of the offensive philosophy in place. Uh, that means that Kellen Moore, he did bring something good for the team. He, he is a good offensive coordinator. I mean, they were they were number one in scoring in, uh, was it 2021, I believe? Number one in scoring with over 30 points a game. Um, he did good things, but, you know, his, his time ran out, I think, um, he got found out, you know, the defensive coordinator caught up with him and he, he really showed how young of a coach he is because he couldn't make adjustments necessary to to counter what the defenses were showing him. And that's evidence. I mean, Miko Ryan's daddy because 
two years in a row, he had no answer for him in the playoffs. Uh, and that was one year as a favorite. Also, the home game, the uh, home wild card game in 21. So, um, as for Zeke, um, running backs have shown us uh, in recent history that they're kind of easily replaced with younger legs. Um, if the offense is going to miss Zeke, I think it'll be more his vocal leadership uh, on the field. Uh, for so many years, his play was a catalyst, you know, to fire up the rest of the team. You know, a big run, finishes it with the feed me gesture, you know, get the crowd fired up, get the sideline fired up. Um, that You know, the whole team would feed off of it. And if anybody else on offense uh, really has – can really provide that this year. Um, I'm also curious to see how uh, Dak responds without his best friend in the locker room with him for the first time in his career. Oh, that's a good yeah. point, man. I'm pretty you you kind of answered my next question with your last answer about keeping Kellen Moore. So I'm gonna flip it and say, uh, maybe not a minimum deal, but say it was under five million a year. Would you have brought back Ezekiel Elliott? For what he brings to this team, the things that I just talked about, I would think so. Um it would probably be difficult now, uh, now that the 4 p.m. deadline has passed and we know that Pollard's gonna count over $10 million you know, to the cap. Um, I just don't think that they want that, that many funds allocated to the running back room. Um, but, you know, for me, any player for the right price can be brought back is especially somebody who had such a big, big an impact as Zeke and, you know, not just on the field, but, but as a leader in, in the locker room. I agree with that. You know, I think it's safe to say that Cowboys fans have a lot to be excited about this off season with the moves that the Cowboys have made via free agency and the draft. But when you look at, you look at the draft and off and free agency, where do you think the Cowboys did better? Well, over the past few years, you know, probably since, you know, 2012, 2013, the answer every year has been the draft, you know, Will McClay and his scouting team have done an excellent job and people still try to, to say that the Cowboys have this reputation, you know, that the, the Joneses run everything and the Joneses are making all these poor decisions, but that hasn't been the case over the past decade or so. Um, the Cowboys are right up there with a really good drafting teams, you know, like, like the Ravens, where it seems like every single year they just get guys. And um, so my usual answer is the draft, but for this season, I'm actually going to say it's free agency. Um mm-hmm. The veteran additions of Cooks and Gilmore that we talked about earlier, uh, the re-signing of LVE, the re-signing of Donovan Wilson. You know, they're really keeping this core together um, to try and maximize uh, the talent on the field and and try to to maintain the continuity of these players. Um, I do think Mozzie was a great draft pick what the defense was lacking, which is uh, really a, a one technique, you know, a, a run stuffer there in the middle that we got with Hankins, but you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, Mozzie Smith would be good to come in. He is freakingly strong um, as evidenced by those videos where uh, Michigan had to call the manufacturer to get them to put more weight on that machine. Cause it, it was, uh, he was too strong for that machine. Um, so, but really nobody else from the draft jumps out to me. So um, I, I'm going to have to say free agency was more impactful this season for the first time in many years. And for people that'll say like, um, Oh, Dallas didn't really sign any free agents. So they made trades. 
we're talking about a period in, in that free agency period while other people were signing people they went out and made these moves and so we're not just talking about did they draft better players or sign better players we're saying in those times what moves did they do better because like the eagles during their draft time they dra- they traded for uh aj brown the year before uh this one that was a draft time move you know and so i just want to clarify that for people that might be thinking like well they didn't really make big free agency moves they didn't go sign anybody during that time they brought in two big time players which we're about to talk about right now which um which one of gilmore or cooks is going to have a bigger impact mario that's a tough question because uh, I feel both of them can come in and have a major impact, uh, not only on the field, but as mentors for younger players on the roster. Um, yeah. Based on recent events, I'm going to go with Cooks. Um, we really could have used his savvy and playmaking ability in the San Francisco playoff game after Pollard went down when it was really the CD Lamb show and that's it. You know, really no other playmakers on the field. Um, outside of Lamb, there was just no firepower. So... The defense has a lot of good young players. Uh, I do believe that if we hadn't added Gilmore, um, that Deron Bland would, in his sophomore season, would be ready to start opposite of Diggs. So I think we're okay in that area. We have good depth. Uh, really, another playmaker on offense is is what's going to make the difference this season. You know, uh, you want to hear a crazy stat that I just heard today. I think it was on 105.3 The Fan to make sure I shout out the show for it. Dak Prescott, when targeting CeeDee Lamb, had a QBR of 93. Excellent. Ooh, you take yeah. that to anybody. That's a killer. Yeah, Any wow. other receiving target not named CeeDee Lamb was like a 56, 57. That's terrible. Yeah. Do, you, do you think if they had a Mari Cooper or an equivalent that, that, that it's going to be a 56, 57 throwing to him? No chance. Definitely not. And and that's surprising because you would think that um, he would probably do pretty well throwing to Schultz. Yeah. Right. But maybe, you know, on the surface, we weren't looking at it right. And the team knew the team knew something by franchising him and then just letting him walk. Yeah, I, I just don't think he brought enough big plays. He was very security blanket, but he, he felt very Ezekiel Elliott like like like. He did something very well, but then that's all he was going to add. Do you want to pay for that? Do you want to pay money yeah. for for just that? And uh, like you said, if it was Zeke under five million, Dalton Schultz on a five million dollar deal, well, sure, you know you can bring us that level, and then we have money to get other people that could do the other things. But I just don't think I think they made the right move. I don't think he does enough beyond what he could do. He didn't have that capability. Yeah, they were dependable, not dynamic. Yeah, bingo. You, you mentioned the success we've had in the draft, Mario, and you look at last year's draft with, with especially on the defensive side, with Deron Bland, Sam Williams, and uh, and Damone Clark. When you look at those players, which one of those would you like to see take a significant two-year leap? So I really like Sam Williams. Um, he showed quite. He showed some flashes last season and, and what he can be. Um, but for the overall success of the team, um, I'm going to say the answer for me on this one is Clark. Um, we re-signed LBE yeah. because who's behind him? <laughs> Nobody that we can depend on. 
you know, unless Parsons moves back to linebacker and, and we've seen what he, he is way more effective at edge. So if Clark can take a big step forward, uh, we can confidently assume that he will be at the top of the depth chart next season, uh, whether or not OB resigns again or not. You know, just a little stat I heard today on 105 through the fan shout out to them. But last year, Sam Williams in the limited snaps that he played, he had 10 tackles for loss. I think he yep. was tied for first on the team. Yep. And the most uh, DeMarcus Lawrence has ever had is 15. And that was Whoa. 2018. And that's like a phenomenal year. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's a, and that's full time on the field. Yeah. Yeah. He did that in I'm, I'm excited for Williams. Snaps. Crazy. Micah, Micah Parsons and Sam Williams, man, that's got to get you excited on that defensive line. Yeah, the twins. Uh, just, <laughs> <Yes> uh, <laughs> just so you guys know, I have an article coming out this week that talks about what would be better for the Dallas Cowboys, which two-year leap would be better, and the two players are Sam Williams and Damone Clark. So I'll make sure to tag y'all in it because, I mean, it leads perfectly into that discussion we were just having. Yeah. All right. Can't wait for that one. Let's uh, let's flip it to the uh, offensive end now. Second year, guys, we want to make a jump. Tyler Smith, Tolbert, obviously, who's, you know, that'd be a real significant jump, or uh, Ferguson, tight end. Man, this one was a tough one, too, uh, but I'm going to go with Tolbert, and, and that's because of, you know, looking forward um, at, from a roster standpoint for the team. Um, the future for Dallas wide receiver right now is it's uncertain. Um, Lamb, we know is our number one guy, but he needs an extension. Um, we don't know if Gallup will return back to pre-injury form. Um, and I believe Dallas has an out of his contract after 2024. Um, Cooks is a short-term rental. Uh, so it's over. If Tolbert can show he can be counted on to be next in line after those guys, uh, it would be future decisions that position much easier. Yeah, I like that. I would just like to see him succeed. I mean, he's already having a good offseason. You mentioned Brandon Cooks and kind of the mentor role that he's, he's taken with this team, and he's taken Tolbert under his wing. It would really be nice to see him to see him take that second-year leap. Okay, so, Mario, we, we've got some big contracts coming up. You look at CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, and uh, Trayvon Diggs. Of those three players, which one would you give a contract extension to? So I wrote an article on this um, sometime last month, I believe, and all three of these players were on it. Um, it might not be popular opinion, but my answer is Dak. Um, I really don't understand people that want to move on from him. Um I assume these people were not alive during the period of time between Aikman and Romo as those were dark days. Uh, franchise quarterbacks, you know, they don't grow on trees. And when you have one, you got to keep them. Um, and I would extend him sooner than later because you have some really good young quarterbacks that are coming up for uh, new contracts of their own. And they're just going to drive that price of the quarterback market through the roof. So if you can lock in your highest paid position, you know, a year or two earlier, then you do it. Even at a, just a, a minor discount, you know, that can really pay dividends. Now, today, right, like when we get off the pod, we should read a thing that says Dak Prescott was extended. Like that Let's definitely. Should be 
I uh, I remember that article, and yes, Dak Prescott should definitely be the first one extended. I agree with you. If you had to lose one of those three, now obviously Dak's your first one extended. We know that's not going to be the guy. So Lamb or Diggs, which one of those you have to lose one, can't keep them all? Of course you want to keep them all, but that's just not realistic. Um, so if I have to lose one of those three, it would be digs for me. And it hurts to say that considering how badly we've been looking for a solid corner since Terrence Newman left. Uh, but out of those three, that position is one that, especially with the defensive coordinator that we have, um, can be masked a little bit if the player is not talented. Now, we already have proof last season that we can't do that with our wide receivers. So we cannot let um, our best wide receiver and one of the best wide receivers in the NFL leave. Agreed. I agree. We've talked a lot about about the the success of the Cowboys offseason, but what one concern, at least for me, and I would think most of Cowboys Nation, is the offensive line. Is, is that a concern for you, Mario? Um, this might be another unpopular, but my answer is no. Um, hmm. I'm not really that concerned about the offensive line. Uh, it's a lot of off people think, and I think uh, the problem here is that we're really spoiled with that offensive line we had from, from, you know, 2013 to 2016, you know, the group that was considered the best in the NFL. Uh, Currently we have five guys that could start on most other teams in the league. And one of those guys, we're talking about him being a swing tackle. So some teams have one elite guy surrounded by guys that barely get by. So we need to be grateful for what we have and make the best of it. If, uh, if you had to line up the uh, five starting offensive linemen right now, knowing everything you know, the guys we have, you can't add anybody, you can't pick up a free agent, this is your group. Line them up for me from left tackle to right tackle. So in a perfect world, uh, Terry available week one. So can we include him in this exercise? That's what, that's who, that's the way I'm going to – Who is it Terrence Steele. Available oh, week yeah, one. We're going to assume he's that. He's in, yes. Okay. So from left to right, I would go Tyron at left tackle, Tyler at left guard, Biotis at center, and then right guard, and Steele at right tackle. Yep. It's, it's really – it's funny that it's became a thing, but it's really not that difficult. It's, it's really not. That's your best five. That's what you go with. And if something happens – Knock on wood, we have Tyron all year. You know, that'd be great. But when the inevitable injury happens, you go from there and you figure it out. But what other offensive line is like? Like the Phillies not going well. Lane's missed some games every year, man. Maybe we should just play this other guy. You know, we drafted people. You know, no. Just play your best five and then work it out from there when somebody gets injured. Yeah. Yeah, other teams do it all the time. That's something that I never understood was – you know, our offensive line would completely collapse every time Tyron got hurt. And it's like, is this on the coaches? Is this is this players? What's going on here? Why why do other teams sometimes are on their third string linemen and their offense is doing just fine? It was bizarre. Yeah. J- Jason Garrett is why. Yeah. It, it hasn't really been a problem under Mike McCarthy. He's lost. No, his, he's never had a healthy offensive line. Jason Garrett, because he was always line up, we line up, we do what we do. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have the guys to do that now. Don't make me start slandering Garrett. (laughs) Chaz Green, Chaz Green. All right. (laughs) Tyron Smith, Mario, and, 
you know, as much as we love Tyron, the question is, has now uh, gone to if Tyron Smith gets injured, but more so when Tyron Smith gets injured, what what do what should we do? What what do you do when Tyron Smith gets injured? Yeah, that seems inevitable now. Um, you know, he's missed what uh, forty four games since twenty fifteen, I believe. You know, he's Ooh. he's arguably still top three left tackle in the league when he's healthy, but he just gets injured. Um, I think the answer was given to us last season, and that's that Tyler Smith bumps out to left tackle where he played really well as a rookie. He really exceeded expectations. Um, left guard would then be the position in question. Um, I don't think there's an answer for that spot until we see what happens in brain camp. You know, we've heard that Waletsko has been working there. Uh, we signed Chuma Idoga to a one-year deal. Um, I think there was one other guy that was working in at left guard also, but he was going like with the third team. Farniak. Uh, but I know Farniak did a little. Far- Farniak, he's our swing interior lineman, you know. Um, and he actually started a couple games uh, last year or started week one, I believe, at in place of Zach Martin maybe, or that might have been the year before. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know that there's – if that happens that we're going to have anybody that the fan base is going to be happy with at left guard. It's just going to have to be kind of a plug this guy here. Let's – you know, they're going to have to scheme the offense to try to help him out to keep guys from pressuring – Dak, you know, right up the middle. Yep, that'll be that. That's going to be a big key. Yes, but we just we need our guys healthy for when we play like NFC East and the Niners, man. Maybe the Rams, the, those those big defensive tackle teams. Try to keep. Uh, I'd like to see Tyler go up against them inside next year. What do you yeah. think? Uh, what do you think the Cowboys are missing from this team that would take them over the top? to be in that Philly, San Francisco, top-tier Super Bowl contender team? kind of feels like a loaded question because I personally think Dallas has been a Super Bowl contender the past two seasons. Um, right. no, reason to, no reason to think that they aren't right now. The team itself yeah. is more, ta- more than talented and enough to get there. I think the true question is whether or not McCarthy and Schottenheimer can get the offense to respond better to adversity. Uh, than what Moore did. Uh, to me, that would be the key to advancing further in the playoffs. Let me so ask you this, Mario. Sorry, Paul. I was going to say, so you could say you're answering it as in a better offensive coaching could be the thing that puts them over the top? Um, so I think the offense – well, yeah. You know, the offensive coaching has been good when when a, a faced with adversity, the ability to adjust because Moore yeah. did not adjust. Gotcha. You know, system over player. That, that was that's crap, man. You you got to utilize uh, what it is that you have, and it's not just plug and play. If it was plug and play, you'd have a team full of undrafted free agents because they got the best scheme in the world. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, based on your your response there, Mario, I'm curious. Do you, do you think that Dallas is the number one team in the NFC? I do. I really think wow. so. I'm, I'm not afraid of the Eagles. Whoa. Really Love not. that conviction, man. Love I'm that. not afraid of the Eagles, man. It's, it's you know, and that's that's really what Chaps Eagles fans ask most of the time is we we get them with, okay, we're we're so trash, beat us. If Dak is so terrible, beat him. You haven't beat him since like 2019. What's going on? 
you know. Yeah. So I'm not afraid of the Eagles. Uh, 49ers have been the kryptonite over the past couple of years, but I think, um, you know, with offensive adjustments, uh, those both of those games go way differently. And now that the culprit of that is gone, um, I can see that going in a completely different direction. It is funny that you mentioned the Niners, though, because after that first loss in the playoffs, we wanted to change our our identity about being more physical. And then now, you know, we bring in Brandon Cooks. We kind of want to change our offensive identity. It's like we're we're doing things. We learn a lot about this team based on how we play the 49ers. Which is a good thing to do because if they knock you out two years in a row and right. you're pretty much handling everybody else, then, all right, what are we going to do to beat these guys? And it's really refreshing, you know, and it's 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 nostalgic because it just brings you back to the 90s when the Cowboys and the 49ers were – Everybody knew at the beginning of the season it was going to be these two teams at the end. And yeah. all of the moves that they made in the offseason was to counter each other. Even, you know, Dion going from San Francisco to Dallas and, you know, Charles Haley going from San Francisco to Dallas and Ken Norton going from Dallas to San Francisco. You know, they just took players off each other. Yep. And you look at you look at the three teams. It's Philly, Dallas, San Francisco. San Francisco's an uncertainty at quarterback, but they added Hardgraves, who's going to be a great pass rusher for them. We added Cooks and Gilmore uh, and Mozzie Smith. And then the uh, the Eagles, they got some draft picks, but, I mean, they lost Hargrave, their number one pass rusher. I don't care what he – he had 16 more pressures as a defensive tackle than Reddick did as, a, as an edge player. He was double teamed more. Uh, he was their best pass rusher. They lost him. They lost their coordinators. So, I mean, I see – I don't, like, yell at people that are like, how can you say Dallas is a better roster than the Eagles, as you think, Mario? It's not clear-cut that Eagles have a better roster. Where where I will say is they have the one key thing that helps their entire offense. They have a better offensive line, which helps their quarterback, yes. helps their receivers, helps the running game. So I will give them that. That's hard to overcome. But full-on as a roster, Cowboys might have a better roster than Philly. Yeah, I believe so. They're they're neck and neck for sure. Yeah. You can make an argument either way. You know, you mentioned the the glory days in the 90s where it's, it's either Cowboys or San Francisco heading to the Super Bowl, Mario. But when you look at the McCarthy error, what would you say is it, is it who or what is the biggest reason for the lack of a Super Bowl appearance under, this, under the McCarthy area, era? Well, probably unfair to him, but as a head coach, that falls on him. Um, hmm. It's kind of like, you know, the way they like to blame all the losses on the quarterback, you know, but credit the team for team wins. Um, it's not fair, but it's it's the way the game is played. So um, at the end of the day, the product on the field is his responsibility. Uh, the problem the past couple of seasons has been the offense's failure to score against San Francisco in the playoffs. We can blame more we want to, but when it comes down to it, McCarthy still allowed that to happen because he could have put a stop to it in 20, 2021, you know, after the first loss to the 49ers where Moore couldn't get it going. Um, but, you know, so maybe if he steps in sooner, we're having a totally different conversation today about the results of uh, last year's playoffs. All right, so let's talk about this year now. Let, let's give a grade for the Cowboys' offseason in total. So I think the important thing to remember is that uh, offseason isn't over yet. You know, we're not even at, at training camp. So people trying to uh, 
put grades, you know, cement grades in right now is it's that's not that's not really the way uh, we should be analyzing things. But up to this point, you know, I'd give them an A. Um, the addition of Ooh. Cooks and Gilmore, uh, keeping the, ro- the roster essentially intact, aside from Zeke Schultz and McGovern, you know, they kept the talent level high. The re-signings of OBE and, Don- and Donovan Wilson, uh, Dante Fowler's also back. Uh, you know, you have the recipe of a team that's all in for a championship. My boy Hankins, shout out. <laughs> Hankins, too. That's right. You know, Mario. One thing that helps me get through the off, the the football off season is is Twitter, and you know, of course, Cowboys Twitter being one of the best communities on Twitter. Who are your Who are your top three Dallas Cowboys Twitter accounts to follow? You know, Twitter's so fun. Um, I actually created my account back in 2014, um, but I hated it. I tried it for a couple of days, and I'm like, man, this is just this is not for me. You know, and and um, I actually just logged back into Twitter uh, just two years ago uh, and it was completely different. And I kind of wish I had stayed on, you know, a decade ago. Um, But there's a lot of great accounts out there. Uh, Everybody knows the big accounts, you know, Law Nation, Skywalker Steel, Jake Tuck, Cowboys Fan Talk, you know. But uh, when I'm doing stuff like this, I always like to shout out the smaller accounts, you know, people that are doing stuff behind the scenes that most people don't see. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the guys that I, I really enjoy um, everything he puts out there is Outlaw Cowboy. Um, you guys follow him. Um, he's all about using uh, advanced metrics, mostly to defend Dak Prescott. Um, but he can always be found shutting up Eagles fans with facts, you know. Um, uh, another guy I really like to follow is Stevie J. Um, he comes oh, through with a guy. lot of great uh, Cowboys insight. Uh but he's also a comedian, so he throws jokes in there and, you know, just hilarious observations about life, you know, that the people overlook. Um, it was really tough to narrow down for a third one. There's just so many, and, I, you know, I wish I could name everybody. Uh, but one account that I think is a, is a must-follow is uh, is your guy, Nix, uh, the Twitter space guy, right? Oh, yeah. Um, not only does he have one of the coolest jobs in the world, you know, he owns a gaming store. Uh, but he somehow finds hours multiple times during the week uh, to host spaces and bring Cowboys fans together to discuss anything and everything about the team. Uh, he brings in rival fans sometimes for some banter. Uh, uh, I have the online stamina that he does for the spaces. Uh, one time I tried to stay up late with them, um, and that space ran to about 3 a.m., and I actually oh, fell asleep wow. on the mic. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I had had a few beers and uh, I left my mic on. I guess I was speaking and I didn't mute it after I was done saying what I was going to say. And I fell asleep. And I didn't know anything until the next day. Um, I had a bunch of messages the next day asking uh, if I was all right. Because apparently I was snoring like a demon with sleep apnea. So, <laughs> I, I, I can't embarrassed to that. I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mario, here we here we are with my personal favorite segment on this in this series, and this is where you get a chance to squash your Cowboys beef. Here you'll have two to five minutes to, to squash the beef you have with maybe Jerry and or Stephen Jones, any current or former Cowboys coach and or player, a Cowboys Twitter account, or if you don't have any beef, you can give the Cowboys a pep talk and get them ready for the season. So I'm kind of like a duck, right? And 
everything rolls off my back. I, I don't really ever have beef with anyone. Um, Dalton Schultz blocked me last season uh, during the uh, – I mean, he went on a blocking spree. And, uh, and, I, and I think what did it was – I think what did it was my tweet that he was blocking better on Twitter than he was on the field. No, that's that's probably what got me blocked. Um, I'm also blocked by Wade Phillips for some odd reason. Um, I wasn't even, you know, active on Twitter yet when Phillips was uh, coaching the Cowboys or had anything to do with the Cowboys. So I really don't understand what that's about. Um, but I, you know, I'm mostly a positive guy. So um, I'll just use these couple of minutes to compliment all the Cowboys content creators out there who work hard to bring the best possible content to Cowboys Nation. Um, great job to all the accounts out there who, who support what we do as well, especially right now in the offseason, yeah. because we know now's the time when we really have to get creative to come up with topics uh, to speak and write about. Uh, you know, Before you got on, Mike, uh, I was telling Paul that I don't know what I'm going to write about next. I'm going to have to sit and, and brainstorm and, and come up with something. Um, luckily, training camp is coming up next week so that'll get us out of this low um my only real beef i guess is uh to any twitter accounts out there who are calling for the cowboys to move on from that uh, you know i oh. mentioned earlier you guys obviously forgot uh what it was like between aikman and romo because it was terrible um i can rattle off names you know quincy carter vinnie testaverde turner chad hutchinson chad. drew oh. henny um anthony wright uh we even had ryan lee for a while there man it was it was bad um so you know we have a franchise quarterback now um it's one of those things where if you don't appreciate him now you surely are going to appreciate him when he's not here and we're in the straight five and eleven seasons again because quarterbacks don't grow on trees people and when you have one you got to keep them uh I was trying to think off the fly uh, some examples of teams that have actually been bold enough to move off of their franchise quarterbacks to try to start over. Um, the Really the biggest one that came to mind to me was the Redskins slash commanders. You know, they had Kirk Cousins. He was serviceable. Um, he wasn't terrible. He had them in, in most games, um, especially when he was supported by, by a good defense. And they decided to move off from him. And what have they had since then? Um, right now, they got Sam Howell, who has started one game. They signed Jacoby Brissett, a, a journeyman. Um, I believe, uh, you know, the late Dwayne Haskins, they tried their hand with him. It didn't work out with, with that either. So take a lesson from that, especially now that we have such a good team. If we do move off of Dak and we get in a, a, you know, a, a veteran quarterback that's a bridge for a rookie or whatever, the team is going to compete and might sneak into the playoffs. And we're not going to have that as high a draft pick as you, you think we are. I, I think people think that, Oh, let's get rid of Dak and we're going to end up with the number one draft pick. That's, that's not going to happen. So. Four and one with Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Yes. So appreciate what we have. Cause there's several other teams that would want Dak in a heartbeat. Oh, and they've come on this podcast and said it themselves. So you ain't lying there. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. All right, Mario, you don't see you don't strike me as a bold take type of guy based on this conversation. But just for the sake of the conversation, give us one bold call Cowboys edition. So uh, it's 
it's cliche, right? But I truly believe 100% that the Cowboys will be in the Super Bowl February 2024. But like you said yourself, I'm not I'm not really a bold prediction guy, right? So so I won't catch so much flack. I'll dial it a little bit and I'll say that they will advance to an NFC Championship game, uh, and they will be the number one seed in the NFC next season. That's cool. Let's go. I like it. I love that, man. My, Lamar, my, gonna... my bold takes Jake Ferguson tight end one. No, I'm just playing. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> very, very bold there, Mike. Yeah, too, too bold. Jokingly <laughs> bold. <laughs> hey, Mario, you know, well, thank you so much for your. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if he froze right now, right at the end? <laughs> yeah. You, you the audio cut off for me. Oh, it did? Yeah, the audio yeah, cut off. I, I mean, oh, okay. I, well, I was just saying. I, yes. I was saying, uh, Mario, thank you for your time, and I know it's valuable. I appreciate you You're coming on tonight. You really uh, you killed it tonight. But uh, before we get you out of here, can you let the people know what, what kind of content you're uh, going to be creating, what they can expect from you, and where they can find it? Uh, definitely. Uh, like Paul mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, I am a staff writer for InsideTheStar.com. Um, I have been there since the beginning of May. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's my first real um, writing job, right, where I actually had a contract to sign. So it's not just freelance work. And um, I'm really enjoying it. And, and um, I you can find me all my articles on there dating back to May, if you want to catch up on the things that I've written. And of course, from this point forward, especially with uh, the NFL season rolling around, uh, I have plenty to say. You can believe me. <laughs> you have an editor there? Bryson Treese is the editor and owner. He, uh, my, my editor, like you said, trying to figure out stuff to write, my editor was like, where's the articles at? And so that's why I came <laughs> up with the second year leap thing i'm just like you i'm trying to figure out what the hell can we write about yeah we gotta dig deep man that's why i've been doing mostly game flashbacks because i'm like i i really don't know what else to hit right now dude those are especially with read man i appreciate it i appreciate you reading uh appreciate anybody else out there that that uh helps me helps me get those clicks because uh i really enjoy it and um i kind of i kind of i like i don't know about you guys i like to barbecue right I, I, I oh, cook, man, yes. Right. So, but the best part of that for me is watching everybody enjoy what you have made. Right. So that's oh, kind of God, the way yeah. that I look at my writing. You know, I, I spend, I work hard on it. I spend, I spend a, a good amount of time on it. So when people enjoy it, that makes me feel good, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. Oh, it's 100%. I literally am a cook. That's what I've done for Alas, since I've been on disability, so that and then the writing, I'm I'm right with you. Right. Well, Mario, before we get you out of here, remind the people they can find you on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at underscore STX Mario. Uh, talking Cowboys. That's all. Yes, that's sir. all I do. Mike, let them know where they can find you on Twitter, sir. If my tweets go through, I'm at at CD Piglet, but I have been having some damn issues. They've been good all day today, but the two days prior to that, couldn't send anything. So hopefully I'll see y'all on there. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Uh, 